This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Glasses on. I'm at a funeral. Oh, sunglasses. Yeah. Are we live? Fuck it. Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Shaffit, along with my good friend, Artemis Brower. We're coming to you this week with episode 181. 181. Artie, how's it Yo. going, my friend? We're good, man. We're good. We're good. We're here. We're alive. We're reaching the end of another week. And I cannot complain, man. We're doing, we're doing just fine. We're doing just peachy. What about you? Life's good, man. Uh, I, I got a, a lot of travel coming up. Yeah, you do. I, I got to go to Toronto next week for work, and then the following week I got to cruise to the Bahamas, and then it, it's a hard life already. That that I I, I was just about to say, you 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 sound like it's you know like, yeah I got to go to Toronto, Canada, then I got to go to the Bahamas. You know, poor me. Poor Jared Shaffin. I just got to do with these kind of erroneous, horrendous traveling. It, it's a lot, Artie. Um, but hey, I, I'm excited about it. So somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to do it. Might as well be me. Um, but yeah, Artie, life's good. I, I did something this weekend that I haven't done in probably five years. Any guesses on on what that might be? I can't think of one. What's I that? uh I went ice skating. Ice skating. I got back on wow. I got back on the ring. Back on the ice. The the he, he strapped them up. I strapped them up, put the wheels on. Don't lie to the people. What's that? How many times you bust your ass? Not a Don't single lie. time. Not Don't a lie. single time. Hand yeah. on the Bible, face to God. Five years. You're a dad now, all right? You 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 I know you're a little uncoordinated at times. I'm not uncoordinated. Already I, for a big guy, I have balance, and I may not look like it, but I do have some athleticism in there. Is it is it poetry in motion? It's the first couple the first couple strides were tough, but then once we got into it, life was peachy. I will say my uh, using the rental skates. I if I'm going to do it again, I, I I need to invest in a pair of ice skates because. Man, my my calves were burning. Yeah. Um, but I, I was out there flying. I, I was weaving out in and out of like the kids falling, falling, moms falling, people that didn't know what they were doing out there falling. They were holding on to the. They hold on. People that don't know how to skate, they hold on to the wall on the outside, and they just kind of they say, "I'm skating." You're not skating. You're just kind of pulling yourself that along. Would, that, would, that would be a boy. That no, would be I, a boy. I, I I'm I out there. Roller skate, not ice skate. I'm out there. I'm out there doing crossovers, and and it, it looked like I was ready, getting ready to play an NHL game out there, Artie. I know. Um, I, I was. I was. I was moving, and I, I felt good. I I picked it back up. It's like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed that. Maybe maybe I'll get get into a beer league. Maybe maybe I'll play beer league hockey. Uh, I I think that's what I should do. <laughs> All right, Artie. Um, number eighty-one. Do you have one? I do have an eighty-one, and uh, it's a, it's a little different. And the guy I'm going to talk about is chalk, but I don't care because Brandon Avery actually gave me this little this little nugget. It, and so is this the one? Is this the one? I have a I have a feeling we're going to go with the same one. Did, did did he give you this one too? He didn't give it to me, but I I, I picked it. Hey, look, it's it's do you want to say it on three? Do you want to say it on three? Go ahead. Okay, you and I both say it on three. Ready? One, two, three. Randy Moss. Oh. Oh, see? Nope. We had the same one. 
Okay. Yeah, the same one. My mine is Kobe Bryant dropping 81 exactly 18 years ago this past Monday. He dropped 81 points, which is only a record that has been broken by the great Will Chamberlain, who dropped 100. Even though we don't have any video evidence of Will Chamberlain dropping 100, but we have the picture. We got the famous picture of him dropping that 100. But we have video evidence of Kobe Kobe Bryant dropping 81 points against the Indiana Pacers and against uh, one of my favorites, Jalen Rose. But he had to he had to give him that work that night. So yes, that is that is my 81 for the week. The great Mamba, rest in peace to the great the great one, Kobe Bryant. 81 points, 18 years ago this week. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean. Mine's chalk, but it's not chalk for the number 81, I don't think. Um, I mean, more known for his time wearing number 84, more number 81 when he when he was with the uh with the Patriots. When I when I think Randy Moss, I don't necessarily think 81. Um so I I I, I look I like those little nuggets. When when guys change their numbers for a couple years, that those are the ones I like. Um I mean, do I, do I have to go through a Hall of Fame, six-time Pro Bowler, full-time, four-time All-Pro? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Rookie of the Year in '98, Offensive play, Rookie of the Year in '98. Is, what, what, Randy Moss, is Randy Moss the greatest non-quarterback to never win a Super Bowl? <laughs> I feel like there's a legitimate argument. He's probably the greatest NFL player, non-quarterback, to never win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I'd be hard pressed to to find somebody other like the the only other one I could say is even remotely close, and it's not even really that close. Would be possibly JJ Watt. Okay. But that that that's a completely different side of the ball. He he's for sure the best offensive player to never win a I Super Bowl. So. That's not so. a quarterback, for sure. You could probably you, you could definitely name some others. You could, there, there's plenty of others, but Randy Moss has got to be up there. Who would you say is the goat that's never won a Super? Is it Dan Marino? I mean, Dan Marino's got to be in there. Um, God, I mean Matt my, Ryan. My personal, my personal favorite that's never won a Super Bowl is Steve Smith. Agent 89. That's that's my personal favorite to never win a ring. That that man deserves to win a ring. Um gosh, yeah, JJ, Randy Moss, Matt Ryan. Come on now, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Philip Rivers. I literally named first ballot Hall of Famers. And then you say Matt Ryan. <laughs> Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. So is Matt Ryan. Ah, he's like Matt, a second or third ballot. He's a he's a Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. I don't know. It didn't end well for him. That's all I'll say. The career did not end well for Matt Ryan. It was it was after that Super Bowl. It was a slow decline. <laughs> oh, all right, Artie. Let's get into it. Uh, anything else we got to talk about? Yeah, Right Sports Network. Shout out to the Variety Sports Podcast Network. We're we're proud to be members there. Lots of great content going on. Uh, Super Bowls right around the corner. AFC Championship weekend this weekend. They're doing podcasts all the time on on NFL, NBA, baseball, hot stove, all that. Get all your content there, right? Um, if you, and if you're interested in more college sports content, there's a lot of college sports podcasts there. Um, so go check it out, Variety Sports Network. Um, and if you're watching on the Boneyard Podcast right now, go give them a subscribe. But if you're watching on Variety Sports Network right now, go give us a su- subscribe at Boneyard Podcast. Um, all right, Artie, <clears throat> you got when when I say go subscribe, I mean go subscribe right this second. Pull over to the side of the road if you're listening to this after when it's not live. If you're watching live on YouTube, you, you're probably already subscribed. Pull over. You're going to want to be subscribed. You're not going to want to miss some of the things that are coming down the pipeline in the next couple weeks. Am I lying? Not at all. All right. I mean, Artie, you know what's going on. Yes, I do. 
So I got this. So I got this grin on my face. This natural grin. The Boneyard Podcast breaking news, and and it's not really breaking. The, the news kind of broke yesterday or two days ago. Uh, we're proud to be partnering with a new NIL collective supporting East Carolina University and ECU Athletics, the Purple and Gold Collective. Okay. Um, so with that, we're, we're partnering with them. We're, we're, we're still, Hey, team, team Boneyard. They're great. Support them as well. But if you can, we're wanting you to support purple and gold collective. Um, this is something that's new. We we've, I I think I've made it pretty clear. There's been times where we've tried to reach out to team Boneyard and and been kind of given the cold shoulder. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. Cause we're doing our own thing. Um, so with this, the Purple and Gold Collective, we're, we're partnering with them. Um, and really, it's to, to help raise even more money for the student athletes at East Carolina. Right? I mean, th- this is to keep the best quality athletes at ECU and to bring in quality athletes at ECU in all sports and to also at times help even those that aren't on scholarship. Um, we're we're going to, over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk more about it, but go check them out. Go, go to the uh, purple and gold collectives website. We'll, we'll have it in the show notes. Um, follow them on, on social media, on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. uh, at purple gold NIL. Um, yeah, but Artie, even bigger news than us partnering with them. They're giving away free F-R-E-E season tickets to ECU baseball. Huge. Huge. And those season tickets could be yours. Uh, all, all you need to do is sign up for the email notifications and sign up for an account on Purple and Gold Collective's website and then go to the Contact Us uh, page, fill out that form and say, go on or say, hey, we want, we want, the, we want to be entered for these, these tickets. Yep. And then you'll be entered. And then what we're going to do is we're going to say what I, th- I think it's on the 12th. We're going to do a free or we're going to do a live drawing of the winner for those, for those tickets right here on the Boneyard podcast. Eight o'clock. So check it out. Go, go get in there. You, you can win free tickets to ECU baseball for the entire season. Hang out in the jungle. Take a jungle bath. Beer's flowing. Man, I'd love to be in the jungle right now, Artie. Um, Baseball season right around the corner, too. We know how good this team is going to be. We know the potential. Get these tickets, y'all. Get them. But anyways, we want to give a shout-out to webheadcase.com for donating these tickets. Uh, Webhead case has over 35 years of experience in the IT consulting industry. Um, their team has the expertise and knowledge to help small businesses succeed in today's digital space. So if, it, if that sounds like something you're, you're needing, go check them out. Webheadcase.com. Thank you for donating those tickets to the purple and gold collective. All right, Artie. What's up? What, 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 we, what do we got to talk about? Uh, first up, Greenville baseball talk. I, I love that we added this. Uh, Greenville's new team in the Coastal Plains League. Do you see the name? Yes. Yes. There's some people that aren't too too fond of it. I love it. I, personally- I mean, look, it, if you look at all the other names in this league, they're, they're kind of ridiculous. Like it, it's supposed to be. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be a funny, ridiculous team mascot team name so I'm, I'm i'm all for it yeah i mean attack of the yard gnomes 
that would have been a great movie in the late 80s. Already, that's a that's a great name now for a movie. I would I would watch that over Bluey a hundred times. I've watched a lot of Bluey lately. Um the Yard uh, logo by Brian Begley. Begley's worked with the Durham oh, Bulls. Yo. What's that? <laughs> this t-shirt it says chilling with my nomies. I mean, that's what we're doing here. Uh, that's that's actually kind of fire. I, I need one of those shirts. I, I need a yard gnome's hat and a yard gnome shirt. Fire. I will I will 100 percent rock the yard gnomes. <laughs> I, I would. I mean, that's that's perfect. Um, I I have a yard a ECU yard gnome laying around here somewhere. I'll, I'll have to add it to to the background back here. Um, but he, he's worked with the Durham Bulls, Globetrotters, Orlando Magic, Carolina Hurricanes, and many others. Uh, they'll play Holly, the Holly Springs Salamanders, Wilson Tobbs, High Point Thomasville High Toms, the Macon Bacon, and the Asheville Zookeepers, and the Boone Bigfoots. I mean, Yard Gnomes is better than all those names. No, nah, look, Macon Bacon, though, that's that. Macon Bacon. I like that one. Macon Bacon is dope. <laughs> that's dope love it love it so shout out greenville yard gnomes um coastal plains league team coming to to greenville greenville has such a storied history in youth baseball and college baseball yeah. it's great that that there is now a coastal plains league team in greenville i mean I, i'd love to see it basically turn into ecu baseball summer Right, like that, that that's what I would love to see. Um any anything else on that, Artie? Like No, nah, I, I mean it's 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 a, it's a nice little extension, like you know, like we mentioned, it's kind of like a summer league. You know, these guys can can get some extra reps, get some extra practice in. Uh so I'm excited for it. Should be should be a lot of fun. But uh no, nah, I got nothing else on that outside of that. Yeah, I mean I, I guess I guess we'll go ahead and hit on hit on the next topic. Uh, a little football update. Uh, Alex Flynn, man, finally calls it a career, closes this chapter. That's that. That to me, that's a big deal because that's that's one more capable person gone from that quarterback room that was going to be stacked going into the spring. It really gets some good competition in there. I mean, what, what, what's your take on that career? Yeah, I, I think you know. Obviously, when you look at numbers, it's not it's not glaring, right? These aren't numbers that like that wow you to pop out at you, you know, 55% completion percentage. I think he had six touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Like the numbers are like, you look at it, it's like, okay, that that's not good at all. But I, I think for the circumstances, what he brought, the leadership qualities, like, like you mentioned, he's been in that locker room for a long time and to be thrown into the fire the way he was thrown into the fire this past year. And under the circumstances, I think Alex Flynn did as, did as good as he possibly could do under, under the circumstances. Obviously we all know that Flynn was probably not supposed to be the starter. <laughs> Obviously he was not supposed to be that guy. Uh, that was groomed to be, you know, the, the the next coming after Holt Nailers, but he got thrown into it, and I think he did the best of what he could do. I wish him all the best, and and I think he's going to medical school. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to medical school. I, the question that I have is, what medical school did he get accepted to that made him go ahead and drop? And like, just drop football. Like, I was- <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna go here because I can make so much money, be a doctor, and just just screw football. So exactly, yeah, I mean, so I, it's it's not a bad life though. I did like Alex Flynn to go from football and then collegiate football and then be able to hang it up in, in the Raptors and then go straight to to medical school. It could be a lot worse. It could, it could. It could. Hey, and I, I want to shout out Alex Turner, who was our last EC football player that I know of that went EC football to medical school and and, uh, and and that route. So, hey, if, if you want to get to med school, just join the ECU football team. I, I think that might be easier than, <laughs> than any, any other way. Oh, man. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss seeing that number 15 on the sideline. I'm going to miss seeing that number 15 on the sideline. He was always a steady guy, you know, overall all those good years. Guy, right? You, and you got you to gotta root for the overall good ones. So, yeah, so I guess to keep going with the football talk, I mean, you want to talk about the defense for this year, talk about what we're looking forward to in the spring uh, with our defensive defensive room. So I guess start off with, with the DBs. I mean, who are you most excited for this year coming up? 
Yeah, I think the name that obviously pops off the screen to me is Siobhan Rebel. Uh, you know, just just that experience, him coming back, probably going to be the leader in that in that DB room, uh, coming back, you know, just all the tackles that he had last year. I mean, this, obviously this defense, you know, we lost a lot, you know, in, in, in losing Julius Wood and losing some of the other guys that, that we lost. Um, but I think they're, they're going to be re- retooled. They're going to be right kind of where they were last year. You're talking about a 37th ranked defense in the country um, last year. So I, I think they're going to be right back kind of where they were. But I think Siobhan Rebel is the name that pops off the screen to me for that for that DB room. Yeah, I really like uh I really like Isaiah Brown Murray. I think I think seeing him come into his own a little bit last year, um, I think I think this year is gonna be that year that he really shows what he has um, as a defensive back. I think that that's that's really my guy that I'm really looking to see. Jared, how about you? Welcome back. Uh, I, I don't even know where we're at now, right, guys? So uh, talking about the DB room. We're talking talking DB about room. DB room. I mean, yeah, I, I think Siobhan. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I, I look, it is a guy that I look to to really take that next step. Look, you, 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 lost, you lost a little bit there, right? You lost Julius Wood. You didn't really have Tegan Wilt for for a majority of the season, but I, I'm excited to see what what we're gonna have um, in in this DB room this year. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna miss too much of a of a step or a beat. Sorry guys, my Savannah is uh, is vacuuming up there, so she unplugged the router. I'm like Savannah, we, we got a live podcast going on downstairs. Jerry, are we are we are we are we synced though? Yeah, we're synced. Okay, okay. I just I just, I just, I just want to make sure there's no lag. I just, I just want to make we're sure we're good, baby. We're good. All right, all right, cool. All right, cool. Um, all right. Moving moving on. Um, <laughs> thanks for thanks for filling in, Josh. I mean, Josh, you can stay if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, DL room, defensive line. Hey, I, I'm still excited about about this this position group. Um, you're. We, we were talking about before we recorded, right? Like this position group has so much depth and there's so many guys that have been here and done that. Mm. I mean, I feel like Deontay Johnson's been at ECU. I mean, he's, he's pushing Phil to me. It feels like he's been there almost as long as Holden Aylers was here. Right. I, I know Holden was, was watching a, a little bit ago, but um, <laughs> I mean, you got him, Chad Stevens, Sarad Ware, those guys kind of up front. Elijah Morris, CJ Mims, JD Lampley, who who really stepped up last year. Not to mention bringing in Raheem Craig from Louisville. I, I'm really excited about about this defensive line going in going into the new year. Josh, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just gonna add that man. These seniors, most of them fit. Between Chad Stevens, Sherrod Ware, Deontay Johnson, and Elijah Morris, I mean, I feel like they've been here for so long that they they should have their own little Mount Rushmore right outside right outside the stadium because they have they they've taken this defense from what it was just four or five years ago with the help of you know defensive coordinator, defensive coaching staff. But I mean, they're the ones who put the work in on the field, and those names are really just ones that have been so solid for us. I mean, I'm glad that we have depth behind them, but I just, with, with those four guys, I, I have no problem with that, with what our defense is going to do up front. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely concur on that. I mean, to, and, and like Josh was saying, to go from where we were just four or five years ago, being a bottom barrel, dead last kind of defense to where we are now, top 40 defense in the country. And, yeah, it, it, it starts with the meat potatoes up front. And it starts with those guys – getting mean, getting nasty, the kind of game tackling that we've seen over the last couple of years. A defensive guy like me, it, it just brings such joy to my heart when we just fly around 
we're getting nasty, we're getting mean, and we're, and, and we're flying around the ball like that. So, yeah, I, I think this is one of our strengths, if not the strength on our defense. I know the linebacker room is going to be like kind of a question mark, uh, but the D-line, that DB room, I think is going to be solid again going into next year. Yeah, I I remember, what was it, about five years ago, maybe maybe even more recently than that, I remember there was a year where we had like nine sacks on the year. And our defensive line could not touch anybody. Nobody. No pressure, and nothing. We we had the offense, but we didn't have the defense. And then last year it was it was the reverse. We got the defense. We didn't have the we didn't have the offense last year. And and defense will keep you in ball games each and every week. If you can figure out that offensive part, th- that's when you get golden. If you've already got that that foundation on defense you're you're, you're going to be good and, and ECU sets up well up front on defense for sure all right uh anything else on, on the defensive line guys if not we'll move along to the linebacker room uh Josh I'll, I'll let you kind of lead here yeah, so linebacker room, I think that this year, because we have so many great linebackers, just like we have a great defensive line this year, the linebacker room kind of cleared out a little bit. So I think it's going to be nice to see you guys like Greg Turner and Mike Edwards really, you know, be on the field a little bit more. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do, especially with Mike Edwards. It's his senior year. I mean, Greg Turner is still a really young, really young player, so getting him on the field, getting that experience to kind of help backfield uh, from what we've experienced these past couple of years because the linebacking core that we've had has been just amazingly consistent, even through the bad years. I mean, we still had good players through those years, so I feel like this is just a continuation of just dogs coming through and getting their playing time. Yeah, and you got Damian, Damian Wilson coming in from Mizzou. Um I want to talk about Shane Perry, the walk-on transfer from Barton College. Look, he's a walk-on guy, but this guy reminds me of just a true warrior in the trenches. I'm excited to see him. He he, he looks mean as hell, the Shane Perry guy. Marty? Well, I was I was gonna ask. Like, I'm kind of curious. Do you guys think the linebacker position as a whole has diminished over the over the course of the last few years? Like, I, I just remember growing up. Like, I don't know. Like, the linebacker position was such like a a valuable, important position. Like, if you had a middle linebacker that was your quarterback of the defense, like that was like the guy, the best player on that side of the defense. I feel like it's kind of gone away from that a little bit. It's kind of diminished a little bit. There's other spots on the defense that are sometimes more important than middle linebacker, outside linebacker. Like, do you guys feel that? Or am I am I tripping? I mean, and I'll say I'll say this because I've been to a lot of high school games too. I feel like right now we're we're just in the age of get your edge rushers who could have been linebackers, could have been DBs right. that just weren't fast enough, you know, on 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 the dropbacks. But just if you have a good pass rusher, you don't really need that guy as an outside linebacker. Now, your, your, your middle linebackers have to be a little bit more almost like a nickel package, uh, DB almost. So it's kind of it, – I think it's just transitioned too much to where you're not going to see those traditional figures, <laughs> you know, right, be, yeah. that, be back there in the middle. I think it's kind of – it's really just transition to a, a more a more speed game on defense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um with Josh's point, but you're starting to see that, that kind of quarter quarterback of the defense role. It's, it's moving at times. I I feel like there's a lot of um, DBs that are helping with that. And then even you're seeing a lot of, a lot of D linemen take over that leadership role. So I I think that there's more leadership being spread out across the defense, along with a change in, in defensive style, in, in the sport as a whole. I mean, we're seeing it at all levels, right? And and it part of that goes to offenses. Offense over the last 20 years has, has changed 
a considerable amount, right? Mm-hmm. With, with the invention of the air raid offense really kind of coming out in, in the mid-2000s and really being becoming a thing, right? Yet you had to have more speed on defense to keep up and, and play shutdown defense downfield. So I, I think that that's where you're, you're starting to see that leadership be spread out across across the unit. Now, does this defense kind of follow up with that? Y'all, do y'all think this defense finishes where they were, worse or better? So 37 or better or 37 or worse next season? Mm. Or better. I, I, I would say better. I, I, I think – I think it's a could be a top thirty defense. I think statistically, just based on who we're going against, it's got to be better. That, I think that's really the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, that, that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were times last year where, I mean, you, you go back to a, a couple of years ago when when he had Jaquan McMillan. I mean, it, it seemed like he he was a he, he was an island, right? Like he was going to pick whatever was thrown at it. I feel like the turnovers make – I have a feeling turnovers are going to go up this year on defense. Um, and I feel like Siobhan Revel is really going to kind of come out and start being that ball hawk that we know, know he can. He, he He's already great with the pass breakups, but I think, I think he's going to come down with, with more picks this year. Yeah, and I, I was going to – I was going to ask a question to kind of bring back Artie's point of, of how the defense has changed the linebacker position. I can't even name a linebacker that's not on ECU's team. I can name DBs on other teams and people I'm in on other teams, but I can't name a single linebacker at another at another school that's really made that much of an impact. Right, like and like that that position to me, it just feels like it's just diminishing over the years. I just know growing up being a defensive guy, like that was the position middle linebacker was like you are the guy on defense it, it flows through you but it's like it's definitely gone away from that over the you know course of the last i don't know i guess 10 15 years to be honest with you yeah uh, i mean I don't, I don't really have anything else to add but yeah it it really has the position has changed um i, I can't i can't think of one though josh I'm sure after we get off the the podcast, I'll be like, oh, yeah, here's one. But put on the spot, I, I can't think of one. I'll tell you what, though, if if we are a top thirty defense with that schedule, if we have anything, man, we better we better win at least nine to ten games next season. Top thirty defense, bro. I mean, that's all I'm saying. I, I I don't know. I I think that this defensive unit has a, even another gear, and and I want to go back to something you said already earlier about the physicality and the and the game t- the game tackling. This defense, Blake Harrell's defense, over the last three years has gotten progressively more physical. Right. And it's a, we're going to punch you in the mouth, and, and I love it. Right? Um, don't, don't want a finesse defense. Got no need for a finesse defense. They're, they're, out, they're out there to, to claim bodies. Yeah. And if, if I had one thing that I, I would like to see us play closer on, when we get into man – we play a lot of zone coverage and, and I think that's part of the game and part of the speed we were talking about, but I would like to see us get up in, in the faces of, of wide receivers a little bit more. Um, there's a lot of times that we, we start five, 10 yards off the ball. Um, and I, I'd like to know y'all's opinion on that. Like, do y'all think that that's something that we're seeing change across the board? Cause I've noticed it even more elsewhere in, in the country. I mean, I'll say in terms of college ball, it's it's so much harder to play man defense, man, right. and it's starting to get hard in, in the NFL. But I think I think there's just there's so much pre snap movement 
that gives away all of your triggers and all and everything else that it, it just i think i think that that's one of the keys to what to what blake harrow does is that like there aren't as many pre-snap keys to what the defense is going to do by being more zone based I, I think they can kind of go off of okay if you shift the tight end over here oh well if you got the db or if you got the running back kind of coming out of the backfield over here to set up the play we'll just shift somebody out but like the play can still function without it being so reliant on those matchups. And then you don't get caught up in those matchup mismatches really as often by having that kind of zone flip it, you know, kind of scenario. So I, I personally, I, as much as I love a good man defense and press coverage, right. I, I, <laughs> I think it's just safer. I just feel, per, yeah, personnel wise, we just, we, we haven't had the guys to be able to match up man defense like like josh was saying to do that i i I, it's if you have those guys personnel wise if you have them absolutely we just haven't had those guys to do that over the last few years maybe we will but we just haven't had it and and that is a matchup nightmare especially with the way offenses wide receivers i mean these are these are stallions out here in today's game out here playing wide receivers so i think personnel wise it's kind of why we are going more towards zone and not an actual man defense in the secondary for sure all right guys anything else on the defense before before we move to around ecu athletics i'm good cool well uh ecu basketball remains 500 on the year 10 and 10 uh split the week brandon johnson and ezra azor uh doubled up on the double double day but that was not enough to help the Pirates break their, their losing streak. In Birmingham, Pirates had a season-high 16 turnovers in the matchup, and those doomed the game in the end. Um, another frustrating game that was for ECU. It was frustrating to watch it. Um, but, Artie, the Pirates turned the tide last night. Shocking the shockers in Wichita State at Wichita State. Look, Wichita State is, I think, now 0 6 in conference. Uh, so they're not good. Wichita State is not good. They're not that good, but they still played us close. The The American Athletic Conference in basketball is a very tight conference. You've got, in my opinion, you, you've got Memphis FAU at the top, and then, then I mean, you got. Charlotte, North Texas, and quite possibly like like a UAB, all right there. SMU, you, you can't overlook them. Yeah. Um, nobody is able is being able to spread out in conference play. ECU's right in the middle of the pack, but nobody is spreading out in conference play. Um, your your thoughts on that, Artie? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I said last week this team's going to finish 500, and, and they are doing exactly what I said they were going to do. <laughs> it's just win some games, lose some games, win some games, lose some games. Um, but like you said, the, the the conference, it is muddled right now. I think best-case scenario, we string together some some wins. I know we got I got a home stretch coming up. We string together some wins. We maybe get some momentum going, going into, you know, uh, conference tournament play here in the next month, month and a half. Um Worst case scenario, we keep doing what we're doing. I, it's not going to get much worse than what it is, right? We're gonna we're gonna beat some teams we should beat. We're gonna lose some teams we probably should lose to, and these is gonna finish right there in the middle of the pack. Um, it's frustrating because this is what we've just grown accustomed to from this program. Is is what we're ten and ten every single year around this time in the season. This is just what we're used to seeing with ECU basketball. We've we're, we haven't seen a program really be able to separate itself. Um, I still believe in Schwartz. I still think he's got. The, the, the kind of mindset, you know, he just personnel wise guys just not making shots when they when they're supposed to. A lot of times guys are open. Shots are open. We're not hitting shots. We need to hit shots. Um, and that's I mean, you, you can't really coach to that. It's just guys got to make the shots when they're open. So it's frustrating. But again, send it 10 and 10 could be worse. Could be a whole lot better. Best case scenario, we catch a We catch a run here and, and try to string together some wins. Yeah, I, I'm confident that Schwartz is the guy. Um, it, but it is, it, like I said, it's frustrating. I believe ECU is four and seven or something like that. 
in games that are decided in the in the final minute or or uh were were one possession games in, in the final minute. And and it's uh, it's been that way for the longest time. And they're so Jekyll and Hyde, they come out for a half and they're they're on fire and then they can't finish the game or they get off to a slow start but then have an amazing second half but still just come up just short. They haven't figured out how to put together a complete game, a complete 40 minutes. And, and that's probably the biggest thing to me about ECU basketball is, is that's got to that's gotta eventually happen. Something is going to eventually click where they figure out how to play a full game. And, and maybe it's not this year, but I, I think eventually they're going to figure it out and, and they're going to get to that point. Um, but right now, yeah, it, it's 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 better than, than some of those days where, I mean, East, you, you just knew going into a, a conference game, ECU wasn't going to win. There were times where that, that was the case. Now that you feel like they could be in any game um, and, and they've played up to their opponents at times, but then they've played down to their opponents at times. So um, I, I think that that's a, a maturity thing. And, and that's something that will come with time. Um, I'm, I'm not too worried about them over the long haul. Yeah. And I, I think for a program like ECU, when you're not a blue blood or when you're not a, a name brand, when you're not a Duke or Carolina or hell, even NC state, um, you got to have one of those FAU type runs, right? You got to have a season, <laughs> a particular season where everything aligns, everything goes right. And you go on that run and all of a sudden it, it opens doors for you recruiting wise, going forward, notoriety, game recognition. Like you got to have one of those. When you're a program like ECU, you have to have one of those type seasons where everything just goes right to be able to get to that next step. I feel like that's, that's what has to happen for ECU basketball. I've said for the longest time already, I said this 10 years ago, there there's, Three ways to get good in college basketball. One year blue blood, Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas. You're you're one of those schools, right? Number two, you go on a magical run. Florida Gulf Coast did it. Wichita State did it. Mm-hmm. Chicago Loyola did it. FAU did it. Right. You you go on a magical run. You you bring in those recruits. You you keep that team together and kind of start to build, not a blue blood, but but you start to build. Respectable. You, you build a legitimate, respectable program that can be right in the top 25. Right. And and you may not have that every year, but you're always – people know you in, in basketball. Right. Because they remember that run. And, and then the third way, and th- this is to a lesser extent now um, with, with NIL, but you find a way to cheat. <laughs> Rick Patino. Hey, if you're not that, that is that it was the three ways. I mean, you look at SMU back in back in like I guess it was 2015 under Larry Brown. They were, I mean, he had so many scandals against him and cheating scandals. That that's, but they were good. And you talk about NC State; they're they're trying to run Kevin Keats out of town right now in Raleigh. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's my three, that's my hypothesis. So you just need one, one flash in the pan, good year. And it's going to put you on the map. Cause you're not a blue blood. And you're not going to get there and that's okay, but you can still be a respectful program. Right. All right. Already next up. The men take on Temple at 5 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. It's Youth Sports Day. The game will be on ESPN2. This is, will be inside uh, Minji's Coliseum. And then also next Wednesday, ECU will host USF at 7 o'clock for Faculty Staff Appreciation Day. That game will be on ESPN+. Plus. <clears throat> Anything that stands out to you? We we said it last week. ECU's going to go two and two. They're one and one. They've already beat Temple on the year at Temple. Yeah. Can can, can they get to two and one since last week on Sunday? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can they can definitely. I mean, we've already beat Temple. We can beat Temple again. You know, obviously, um, I I believe these are two um, winnable games for us. It's at home. We got to be able to do something with it. Now, obviously, USF because that's that's what we have after Temple, right? Right. So USF is twelve and five. I'm looking at I'm looking at their record. I know they're sitting at third in the, third in the American. So that's that's not going to be an easy game for us. But we play up the competition, especially at home. So anything can happen in a, in, a, in a game like that. I think you got to get this Temple one. Absolutely have to get to 11 and 10. So at the very least, you split and are sitting at 11 11. Um, but you you got to get this Temple one. And then obviously, once you, once you get that one, you go into the USF game. Who knows? Because like I said, ECU basketball plays up the competition. And we never know when this team steps to court. That's why they're 10 and 10. We never know what's going to happen when they step on the court. So bring the energy. Menji's Maniacs, y'all bring the energy. Scallywags, y'all bring the energy. They need y'all. Um, all right, women's basketball. We never gave up, and neither do these women. Women hosted SMU for the final time in American Athletic Conference play, uh, and then they tamed those Mustangs. The name McNeil had another amazing performance, scoring a career-high 35 points in that game. Um, earlier tonight, the Pirates extended their winning streak to four over Florida Atlantic. Uh, the women had a 12-point lead and gave up a lot of it late in the game, but held on to close it out and avoid becoming the Owls' first American Athletic Conference women's basketball win. Yeah. Look, this team is still performing, right? Like, you got a bunch of injuries. They're figuring it out. Kim McNeil ha has this team locked in. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, well, first and foremost, shout out to uh, Dynamic Note. She is an absolute workhorse. She's been killing it. She becomes just a 25th player in program history to score 1,000 points in a Pirate uniform. And she's also doing it on defense as well because uh, she's one of our best defensive players left on that, on that team. So shout out to Dynamic Note. But the way that this team is absolutely scrapping the claw and fighting, sitting at 11-7, they can still make a run. They can, they can still make a little bit of a run. I'm not going to say they're going to make a lot of noise. I'm not going to say they're going to repeat. We're still down a couple of starters, but they can they can make a run. They really, really can. I, I just I love to see the effort. You know, Coach Coach McNeil is going to have you know Coach Coach Kim. She's going to have her team scrapping, playing hard, fighting to the last last you know whistle to their triple zeros on the clock. Like that's just that's the kind of program that she's built. Which is why if she wants to stay at ECU forever, she probably can because she's just going to probably continue to build on this. Um, but just to see the resilience of of these women. Kudos to them. All right. Next up, Sunday, UCF at noon on ESPNU. And then uh, home on the 1st, I believe that's Thursday, against Tulsa. Um, so so be out there. Support the girls. Um, let, let's come back with some dubs. All right, Artie. Um, Twitter questions. We, we have one, Dylan Woolard. He says, men's team just broke a three-game losing streak with the ugly win against Wichita State with back-to-back -back home games coming up. What are the odds they put together a streak of the opposite variety? Does Schwartz and company need to take a page out of Virginia's book going forward? Uh, I believe he's asking about the defensive mindset, just playing lockdown defense um, like, like UVA does. Um, that would be great. But you got to score to, to win. Um, you, you need you need to even balance. I, I feel like there's times where we almost get outworked in the in the pain at times. Um, like, it, and it may not show that way in the on the stat sheet, but from the eye test, in my opinion, sometimes sometimes that's what it looks like. Um, I, I think playing a, a shutdown defense. Would be great, um, but you, you need your your scores to score, shooters to shoot, and I, I think that that's been the issue with, with ECU basketball this year is, is at times everybody's hot. You got, or you can have two guys get hot one night, two guys another night, and then so on and so forth. But there's also nights where everybody's cold, and, and that's kind of been the the problem for ECU for the last forever um, is they, they can't ever put together a, a full 
game or, or, or full um, schedule. So you're not going to be on every single night, but you need when when one person's not, not contributing, others have to pick up the slot. And, and there's some nights where nobody's able to pick up that slot. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And, and to answer the question as far as like a winning streak, um, to me a winning streak is winning three or more. And I don't see this basketball program putting together three or more wins straight. Um, not this season. So no, I don't. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and then you know, obviously, the, it's just not the way the game is going. The whole UVA mindset. I mean, I, I know they were able to win a natty uh, playing their brand of basketball, um, but they also got caught a lot. And and I also think that that brand of basketball is just not going to work going forward, and especially not in a program like East Carolina. Um, you got to have guys that can make 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 buckets put the ball in the hoop. That's the whole point of basketball. Um, but I, I just, I think the way the game is going, especially when you look at the professional game too. I mean, my God, they don't, they don't play no defense at all in the NBA. It's kind of, it's kind of pathetic the way they don't play defense in the NBA. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, I don't. As much as I love UVA's basketball team, I'll just say this. Davidson did not do what they did with Steph Curry playing defense. Lob City was not a defensive, <laughs> not a defensive thing. Photo Golf Coast, like I mean, all these, all these. If you're gonna be a mid major, you gotta play all You gotta You gotta, you gotta score. Yeah. De- defense almost, it's almost as if defense doesn't matter when you're when you're a mid major. But honestly, like that, that's just how it is. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, and I mean. If you're going to extend the win streak past three, first off, you got to get to three. You got to take down Temple and South Florida. But then you got, as much as it pains me to say it, you got Charlotte lurking who – Charlotte looks really good. I mean, they, they've knocked off some – In the American right now, six and one in the conference. They, they've knocked off some, some big-time teams in the conference, and, and they've solidified themselves as one of those top <laughs> – Top teams in, in the conference. We was talking all that shit about Charlotte. Fuck Charlotte. <laughs> they done, they done came into the conference and kind of they you know they they beat us they beat us on the gridiron. They got a good chance of beating us on the court. We was talking all that shit about Charlotte. Not gonna beat us on the diamond. Nah, nah, I don't I don't foresee that at all. But uh, I mean, they're they're picked second in in the uh, coaches poll, I believe. Lot, lots of good baseball being played in, in the state of North Carolina. Yeah. All right, Artie, walk the plank. Do you have one? Ooh. I feel like I did. There's I a couple. Like, there's a couple that we could you go know, with. I, I, there's, I, I forgot the name, but but the Cooperstown Hall of Fame selection, um, that's definitely one because they left Greg, – Greg, what's his name? He played for the Braves. They just came out with this list a couple of days ago, and I saw it, and I was like, "You're not talking about Greg Maddox, who's already in the Hall of Fame." No, right? not 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 Greg Maddox. I, th- I think his name started with Greg. Either Gary, way, Gary Sheffield. Yes, Gary, yeah, not Greg. Gary Gary Sheffield. There we go. There we go. There we go. I just I I looked at his career numbers, and I said, "How the hell did he not get into the Hall?" Him, Andrew Jones, career numbers. Um, but I think it just continues a trend of. Cooperstown, Billy Wagner, Baseball Writers of America, just not getting it right consistently year in and year out, leaving quality guys off the ballot that should be in the Hall of Fame, which diminishes the quality of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, yeah, uh, like I, I, I have a hard time saying put the guys in in that are known steroid users, but that's also part of the game. That was part of the game during that time. Pitchers were taking steroids, batters were taking steroids, everybody was juiced up yeah. to the max. And that was an era of baseball. Just like we had the dead ball era, that was an era of baseball, the juice era. Um, so I, I'm not fully opposed. I mean, you have Pete Rose and Shoeless Joe Jackson still not in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, which Hank Aaron is still, and Pete Rose didn't juice. Pete, Pete Rose just bet on bet on baseball, but didn't bet on his games. He didn't juice. That, he was really playing in games, not juiced. Um, 
Yeah. I, I could I, I hate what Rob Manfred's done with baseball, but I also hate the way that they do the Hall of Fame. I, I don't think there's really any Hall of Fame that gets it right. You're always gonna be mad about something with the Hall of Fame. Um the fact that Rod Brendamore yeah. is not in the NHL Hall of Fame. I, I think that there's way too many guys in the NFL Hall of Fame. I I, I would say I don't, I don't think the NFL Hall of Fame gets it necessarily wrong with 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 the, the guys that should be in there. But there are some guys that have made it to probably be like, eh, I don't really know if they're actual Hall of Fame guys. So yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, um, I don't, I, I couldn't speak to the NBA Hall of Fame, but NBA Hall of Fame usually gets it right. But, usually get it right. Um. All right. Speaking of gambling, already the uh, what was the guy? Was it LSU? The running back. Who was gambling on his own games? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, let, let's see here. It's, it's in. It's in the notes. It's in the team chat. We were talking about it. Kayshawn Butte allegedly didn't do much to hide his illegal gambling. It was placing, like hundreds of thousands of dollars too. I mean, this was real money. He he placed more than eighty nine hundred bets while underage, including some on his LSU football team. He used accounts with the username. Kayshawn Butte 7 and Kayshawn Butte 01, according to the affidavit. That's uh that's a tweet from Chad Graff. Uh in in the notes of the affidavit, I believe, it says according to the warrant, during 2022 and 2023, Butte deposited a total of $132,147.53 into the account. Butte won a total of $556,000. $267.58, but used money most of that money to make additional bets. He withdrew $50,282.36 from the account. That is wild. What are you doing? That is wild, bro. Uh, apparently, he was also like placing bets on same game parlays for like himself. I think there was like an 87 yard like receiving parlay. Like he, that was part of one of his parlays in, in the season opener against Florida State. Yeah. And for him to also score a touchdown. Like, I mean, at least he's betting on himself, but still, dude, you cannot do that. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, he made over he made over half a mil. <laughs> he was doing something right. I <laughs> he, mean he was doing something right. <laughs> Jesus, dude, like <laughs> you were using your actual name, betting on un- gambling underage. Josh, Josh just told his coaches always play <clears throat> himself. So, I mean, yes, unless it's gonna get you like kicked out of the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> a for effort on, on being able to, to, to run, run that, run that scheme and make as much money as you did. But yeah, bro, you can't do that. You, 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 you can't, you can't do that. What are you doing? Um, all right, and then I, I have another one already. Uh, the NHL basically what the NHL did was yesterday it came out that five players across the NHL and hockey around the world were being uh, asked to come back to Canada back to London, Ontario to be charged with sexual assault. Something that happened back in 2018 at the world junior champions. This is team Canada. Mm-hmm. Several players yesterday. It was big news in, in, on hockey Twitter. It was big news around the hockey world. You could tell who the players were that were summoned to be back because they took a leave of absence from their team. It was very easy to figure out who it was. With that, already, I mean, they they one of the teams, the Calgary Flames, cited for mental health reasons. That's why he was taking a leave of absence. That is not why he was taking a leave of absence. He's he's being arrested for sexual assault. Basically, they um ganged up on on a girl, right? And, and with that, the NHL hasn't said a single word about it. And I get it from a legal standpoint. They probably have been told by their lawyers, don't talk about it. Yeah. Right? That That's 
Okay. But the owner of the Utah Jazz, Smith Entertainment Group, I believe it is, not five minutes after the after the announcement and the news broke, mm. the owner of the Utah Jazz puts out a, a press release saying, we've started the process to try to bring an NHL team to the state of Utah. And the NHL puts out press releases about that, trying to blast out all this news coverage because they knew it was coming and they knew that they needed to cover it up. Yeah, I mean, covering up sexual assault never ends well. I mean, unless you're the Chicago Blackhawks who end up getting the first overall pick. So, there's a problem with hockey culture. And they need to figure that out and figure it out quick. Walk the damn plank NHL. Walk the damn plank MLB Hall of Fame. And Kayshawn Butte walked the damn plank for being an idiot. All right, Artie, anything else? Nope. All right. Uh, lastly, gambling. Chiefs at Ravens. Championship AFC, Sunday. AFC Championship over-unders, 44.5. Kansas City is uh, 4.5 point dogs. Hmm. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, unlike I think most people, I think most people now hate Kansas City for some reason. I don't hate Kansas City. Big fan of Andy Reid, big fan of Patrick Mahomes. They do it the right way. They are the class of the NFL. Um, but with that being said, I'm even more of a Lamar Jackson fan, even more of a John Harbaugh fan. Really hope they get it done. Hope Lamar can get to the Super Bowl and not only get to the Super Bowl, but get him one. Um, probably going to be a, a two-time MVP after the season at the very least. But um, I think this game, this 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 is going to be a good one. I, I really feel like this should be the nightcap and not the first game on Sunday. I but agree. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but give me Baltimore. I, I think I think their defense is going to make some key stops in the right times. And I think it's going to be Baltimore like 28-24, 28-27, like one of those types of games. Yeah. I want to I want to see the Ravens do it. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen. I I just the NFL. I, I have Patrick Mahomes is is can lead to death. So I have. I mean, you know me. I I've always thought that the NFL is shady and, and will do things to to get what they want. It's and not I, really- it's not rigged. It'll I don't go. know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily rigged, but there's too many coincidences that happen along the history of the NFL. And Jared, Joe Flacco was a Super Bowl MVP, bro. The NFL is not rigged. <laughs> it's it's not, bro. Jake DeLone went to a Super Bowl. The NFL is not rigged. All right. Um, with that being said, I'm taking the Chiefs. Oh, Looks it's Super Bowl MVP. The NFL is not rigged. Like I said, with that being said, I'm taking the Chiefs. I hear you. Um, all right, NFC Championship game, 630 Lions at 49ers. Do the 49ers stop the the historic run of the Lions? I would I don't know if I'd call it historic, but it's not historic. Yeah, I would go that far. It, it it's it's like the worst of first year. Like, I mean, the, the Lions haven't been there in what thirty years, forty years. Now they're now they're showing out. Yeah. Um I think the 49ers are just too good. I I definitely think the 49ers are the better team. I just think Detroit has the better quarterback in this matchup. I do <laughs> think Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. And I think the moment might get to Purdy a little bit. He didn't play that well last week, and Debo might not be out there. And if, if Debo's not out there, Detroit, I think, definitely wins this game. If Debo's out there, then that gives the 49ers a much more, you know, reasonable chance because that's just a safety blanket in its own. Um, I don't know. I, I think this 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 49ers team can get got. They probably should have got got last week. Like, 
the Green Bay Packers played a better football game than the San Francisco 49ers. They should have got got last week. So this isn't like an, a juggernaut in San Fran, and I just think Detroit's riding a high right now. Give me Detroit, man. Give me Detroit. I, I don't know what the final is going to be. I think it's going to be a close game, but give me Detroit out there in Santa Clara getting that win and going to their very first ever Super Bowl in franchise history. Lions-Ravens Super Bowl. That's about as that's about as blue collar America as it gets. Love it. <laughs> all right, Artie, that's all I got. Make sure to like and subscribe to the Variety Sports Network. Follow us on social media at Boneyard Podcast okay. and then at the Boneyard Podcast on TikTok. Uh, lots of great content being put out there. Um, subscribe on YouTube at Boneyard Podcast. Do that. You're a friend of the podcast. Don't do that. You can walk the damn plank. Leave us a five-star review. If you don't, once again, walk the damn plank. And then, uh, yeah, Artie, that's all I got. Let's get out of here. Hey, always a pleasure, brother Josh. We appreciate you as always on the ones and twos, stepping in for us today as well. And uh, wash your hands, wash your butts, people. Deuce. Peace.